The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Today's Blitz Rewind starts now. If you thought that somehow the relationship between the Rockets and James was going to get healthier by shipping Russ out and firing D'Antoni, bringing in John Wall, like I could have told you none of that stuff is going to make this better. It's too far gone. Well, I mean, the, the problem is Harden. Said that before, that no matter what you put around him, you're going to wind up having a mess. And I still think the moves they made prior to the Westbrook deal, they were going to be better than they were last year. It really is an interesting year because I guess we've had the conversation over and over of should this undefeated non-Power 5 team be in the playoff? And now we've got should this undefeated Power 5 team be in the playoff? And normally it's almost automatically, yes, they should be. But this is a year unlike any other. So it's a, it is a debate. Well, it is, and I think it's also more of a question this year because you are having to guess. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on the Blitz. Hour number three, 713-780. ESPN's your number, 713-780-3776. You can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz, click like, you're good to go. There's Twitter, at Fred Fowler, F-A-O-U-R, at A.J. is the real, at Aaron is Blitzed, at Degenerates975. You can text the show, you know the number for that. Miss the first two hours. That's some of what you missed. Very sportsy, but a lot of good stuff. Uh, talked a little bit about Lewis Riddick interviewing with the Texans. He also, excuse me, also interviewing with the Lions this week. Okay. Better job, in your opinion. Texans or Lions? Oh, man. That's tough because while you don't have a whole lot longer where Matt Stafford's viable in my mind. Right, and you you may be you may be trading him. Yeah, starting over. Um That's tough, man. Are you I guess when you consider that the, I don't know, it's hard for me to say that, that because they I the draft picks thing is such such a big deal to me. Like not having draft picks makes me go, "Oh, I don't know if I want that job." I, I I'm not for it trading all your picks like that, but I'm also of the belief that it's not as punitive as... Well, uh, it is now. It, it's fine to trade your picks if it, if you're all in and, like, you're close. But O'Brien did it, and clearly they weren't... Well, he thought they were. Yeah, but, he thought but wrong. He also didn't do the all-in right, because if you're going to do that, you would have kept clowning. Exactly. But that's not neither here nor there. It, it, it sucks that they don't have two picks, but when you go in and look, I mean... Draft picks are still gambles. I mean, you, you get a fifty-one percent rate basically with first-round picks. So, yeah, it, it sucks that they don't have them. You rather have them because you need cheap talent, and that's where you got to be good in the third, fourth, fifth round and find some guys that can play for you in those rounds. It'll be cheap for a few years, and and that's how you build a good team. But in, in this case, because they don't have those picks, they're going to have to sign a couple free agents. They're going to have to create some money to do that, which they can, and. You know, that's that's going to be whoever the GM is, whether it's Lewis Riddick or whomever, 
you're going to have to go find yourself. I believe you're going to spend some money on a cornerback. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. And you're going to have to find a pass rusher somewhere because I, I assume you're trading J.J. I'm trying to think of, like, the Lions who who on that team are guys that you're like, I want this guy going forward. Like, I mean, obviously, Kenny Galladay looks like he's a pretty good player. Yeah, pretty good, though. I mean, I, it's like. Well, he's better than anything the Texans have at receiver. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I also don't think he's, you know. Or, like. I, the, I mean, that's that's. You know, if that's your best guy, that's cool. I mean, it, but, yeah. but it's no, you're not. Right, you're right. You know, you're not. Uh, oh my God, he's he's uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, like Jeff Okuda and DeAndre Swift are good young players. Trey Flowers, I guess, is good. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I think, I think the Texans is a better job, despite all the flaws there. I, I don't, I don't think the Lions is a. It, it's hard for me to say you can win in Detroit because I I I haven't seen anyone do it in forever. Yeah. Well, I mean again, if if you're the right guy. It's just, almost like saying you can win in, in Cleveland. Yeah. Like it at some point it just becomes okay, that franchise isn't gonna win. Although you could you could say Buffalo's been that way for a long time too, and they look like they're getting pretty close. Yeah, well they they've been that way for an extremely long time, yeah. but they've also finally got a quarterback and I I think a really good coaching staff too. So I just don't, I don't think Matt Stafford has enough. Like he's, he's still very good, but he's on the downslope of his career. And what would they be without him the last decade? I mean, they'd be worse, but they've already been pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't expect, I would expect to see them trade him. I would too. I think that'd be the wise thing and try to find some young guy. Um, um, somebody says Texans are done by the time they get draft picks. They'll have to pay Deshaun $50 million. Uh, They've still got Deshaun for four more years before you have to start paying him $50 million. That, that was a three-year extension, which made it a five-year contract. So, um, it, which I, I, again, not a good contract. I, that, that's one of those we, we talked with Lance about. But, again, a good GM can fix that pretty fast. Uh, it just you got to get the right GM and not have Jack Easter be meddling and putting his nose in things. And, and yeah, it's, it's hard to get the right guy. It is. I, I don't know that they're going to get the right guy. I don't know if Lewis Riddick will make a great GM or not. I don't either. I, I, I like, you know, I like the fact that he's not just, you know, TV guy that he, he did personnel before he did TV. So, you know, cause most of the time when you, you see these guys on TV, you think, Oh, they're really smart. And look at Mike Mayock and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but it's a little different when you have to actually make those choices as opposed to criticize those choices. Oh, this is who I would have drafted here. That's easy. Uh, When you're actually in that room and having to decide between three or four guys, uh, it's a different – when you're arguing with your scouts and everything else, it's a different skill set. So – Yeah, I think if the Lions had the top pick, I'd say I'd take the Lions job over the Texans job. But because they don't, I'll take the Texans. Yeah, um, and I think the other interesting one to me that that apparently he was a candidate for is the Falcons, which on the surface, my initial reaction was, well, I'd rather have the Falcons job, but what are you doing with Matt Ryan? And if you're trading Matt Ryan, who's what are you doing at quarterback, and how long is that going to take? Yeah. And, you know, that that's... Now we, I guess we're assuming the Chargers are going to be open. 
Well, the coaching job. I don't, yeah, I don't know, I don't the know that the GM job will be. The, I think the Jacksonville job will probably be open. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Jets. Yeah. Jags, Jets, Texans, Lions, Falcons. The The Jets job will be pretty easy because you'll know who your number one pick is going to be. And no one will ever say... Like there's whatever you think of of Trevor Lawrence, and I know there's some people who think that I I slob on on Trevor Lawrence, and, he, and you do, and that's fine. I don't think anyone will ever go back and say, "Can you believe this GM drafted Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields or whoever the best non quarterback is?" Whether it's like Patrick Sertain or uh, you know, whoever Devonte Smith, whoever it's going to be. Like no one will ever say, I can't believe they drafted him there because it's consensus that he should go there, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean he's not gonna that things might not go well, especially in a in a situation like New York. But I don't think anybody's gonna question. He's a consensus number one. And those are like it's rare that a consensus number one busts. I'm sure it's happened. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it it, it does happen. But I, I. this one just feels foolproof, which makes that Jets job interesting. It makes it interesting to me. Yeah, I, I mean, again, though, you're putting him in a really – he does have a left tackle. We can start with that. Yes. Which is good. But, you know, I, that that's – I'm very skeptical of, of the situation more than I am the player because I don't know who the coach is going to be. And these guys just hired Adam Gase. I was going to say, you, but you're making it sound the Texans are the, in the exact same boat. They hired Bill O'Brien. Yeah, like, it, it, yeah. You don't know who the coach is going to be. You've got a left tackle. You don't know who the coach is going to be. You like what you're going to have at quarterback. Everything else is a question. I mean, it sounds like the same job, right? Yeah. The The <laughs> difference is is I, the, the Jets have a longer history of screwing this up. That is true. Really, the, te- the Texans have had let one guy mess it up. But, yeah, I, I, I just don't understand how you looked at Adam Gase and Miami and said, "Hey, we got to hire this guy. This guy was great. Like, didn't Ryan Tannehill get better after he left? Yeah, Ryan, I mean, it's. But I, I, I think I do feel like you know the the cool thing about it is if you're if you're successful in New York and you you're gonna make a bunch of extra money. It's you get endorsements out the you know what. I mean, it's the New York market, but I you know I don't trust them to hire the right guy either." I, I don't know. Well, what, if you're the GM, you're presumably getting yeah, to hire the guy. Yeah. You get to pick the guy. Yeah. So that's what you're hoping is, and so if I get to, if you're telling me I can pick my coach, I mean, obviously you're going to trust yourself just as much in one place as the other. So it, it, it's it's a matter of what what you whose roster and whose cap situation and whose draft capital you prefer. And for me, I'd I'd rather have the Jets. As yeah. long as the Jets don't do something stupid and like win, win a game. game. Yeah. If well, the Jets win a game, all bets are off because uh, I, 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 then I want I, Jacksonville. Yeah. I don't know that Justin Fields is going to be as good as Deshaun. Like, I pretty much feel in my heart of hearts, Trevor Lawrence at, at, at worst will be as good as Deshaun. I, I don't know that he'll be way better. I, I, I don't, but I, I don't, I don't think that the floor on Trevor Lawrence just feels so high that it's worth it to me. Like, I, I can't picture him coming in the league and being, uh, you know, uh, uh, some some dopey Drew Locke type. Like, there's almost no chance of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think where I would put his floor. I, I would put it lower than yours because I think situation has a lot to do with it. And 
you know, if, well, you're saying if you're the GM, you're going to hire the right coach. You might not. You might not, but then that's on you too, and you'll get fired for that. Well, but um, I do think, I, I think maybe Matt Stafford would be the floor for him. Guy okay. who puts up some numbers and has a nice long career, and maybe uh, you look up and say, well, maybe he didn't quite become what we hoped he would be. But, I mean, well, aren't we that with Deshaun right now? Uh, Deshaun's not at the end of his career like no, Stafford is. No, he's not. Is. But, I mean, so far we're like, well, is yeah. he going to take that jump? I don't know. I, I mean, I, uh, it, it, well, when you go and look at it, he's he's had a pretty damn good year. Yeah. I think you could say he's improved this year. But, you know, that's a, that's a different conversation. That's a debate. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's debating whether or not to sit him. I have a baseball thing I want to get to next, if that's okay. With you guys, just a little, uh, a little, little baseball talk, very briefly, but I find it very interesting. I also find uh, new breaks to be really interesting, and that's because they come to you and fix your breaks at your home, at your place of business, wherever you are. You don't have to go to a break shop, and a lot of the blitzers have used it. They all say the same thing: that uh, man, they 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 came out, they were super nice, they were quick, everything that they that we talked about, they did. And if you go to newbreaks.com, make sure you mention ESPN. You're going to get 10% off your service, and they're going to give you a transparent surprise free repair quote. They're going to get right back to you. They're going to set everything up, and then, boom, they're going to follow through. They're going to get, you're going to get a 24-month, 24,000-mile warranty. And uh, that, it, it's just they do quality work. They're good people. And uh, Jake and the gang over there, they just want you to – they do breaks, man. That's all they do. And right now, it's the perfect time. You don't want to spend time in those shops, and you can spend – you're going to save 20 to 50% uh, off of what you would at a shop or a dealership. Newbreaks.com and U-B-R-A-K-E-S.com. Mention ESPN, 10% off your service. This, this is The Blitz, the Blitz. on ESPN, ESPN. 97.5. Hey guys, it's AJ Hoffman. It's fall and we could all use a little awesome. Well, our friends at Bespoke Post has brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. Who wouldn't want awesome stuff sent to them every month, right? It's like Christmas on your doorstep. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them to pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BLITZ at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, promo code BLITZ for 20% off your first box. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. What are the odds Wednesday? Lots of other ways to uh, engage with the show. 
you can uh, get on text line. You can hit us up on Twitter. And uh, so I promised you a baseball story, but it's not really a baseball story. It, it is a baseball story at heart. How's that? Um, Francisco Lindor is apparently available. He's going to be a free agent. He's in the same boat as Carlos Carrera. And uh, so the Indians are basically looking to move him. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was fun. one of the places is uh, Toronto, which uh, Toronto apparently is trying to buy everybody. The Mets in Toronto are trying Man, to buy. They're spinning some dough. They, they they got money up there. Like, what do they do? What's uh, the people that own the Blue Jays? What's their where's their money? Come they from? basically own. Uh, they they own all the communications uh, companies in Canada for the most part. Okay, there's two giant ones, and they own. Uh, it, Rogers owns the same same guys that own the Raptors. So it, would it be like owning like it'd America, be like own AT and T? AT and T. Okay, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. So yeah. their business is doing fine through this. Oh yeah, yeah, they're surviving because okay. it seems like they're willing to spend a bunch of money where other other companies or other owners are like, oh, I think we're gonna back off. Like if your money is in oil and gas, you're like, oh, I'm gonna back. Like, Tillman, your money's in restaurants and casinos. I don't know about going over that luxury tax, but like. Rogers is like, hey, let's let's do it, baby. Let's let's strike while it's hot. Yeah, they've, uh, but they're basically a telecom company. They're huge. I mean, like everything. There's Rogers Center up there. It, yeah. it's, it's like a, the AT and T of Canada. I think is probably the way to to look at it. And so they make a ton of money. But well, what are the what are the Blue Jays like? What's the price on a guy like Lindor? Because like I I'm assuming that the price on a Lindor. Is probably similar to the price on a Correa, right? Like they, yeah, those the, two guys are the I, the guy they want is uh, Little Guriel. Okay, now I mean, that's that. I, I feels like would it just be him? I'm sure there'd be other players involved. Kevin Biggio. I don't know about that. I don't know if they're going to give up any of the core guys that are already playing now. Um, to get him, uh, they've got a lot of prospects though. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it would be. I bet they would ask for either Biggio or that Bo Bichette. Yeah, I, I, I don't think those guys are, are going to. You're, you're probably not giving up Guriel and one of those guys because where for a guy you, in the last year of his deal. Right, but otherwise, where are you going to play him? Well, they'll move guys around. But that's because Vlad Jr. plays. He plays third, right? Yeah, but Vlad could play first. Vlad could DH. Yeah, there's there's you, yeah. you can there's things you can do. I I think. The thing that's most interesting to me, though, is how the Indians phrase this. According to Buster Olney, Cleveland is prepared to aggressively listen to offers for Lindor. <laughs> so how do you aggressively nice. listen to offers? Uh, I mean, when somebody calls, hey, I'd like to talk to you about uh, Francisco Lindor. What do you want? What are you going to give me? What are you going to give me? Give me the name. That's what they do. Yeah, I need names. I just, how do you aggressively listen? I can see you aggressively shopping a guy, right? But aggressively listening to offers—that hmm. means are you willing? Like we're we're looking for someone who's very very willing to talk to us about this dude's money. Do you want him? Do you want him? Let's go. Yeah, I'm. I would be concerned from an Indian standpoint. I don't think you're going to get near what you. You should get for him. Uh, I think his value is more than than what they'll get because if you're saying, "Hey, we're going to have to trade him," 
then uh, Th- yeah, that's not a good look. It's not good to say uh, we really, really, really want someone to take him. Like, well, okay, I, that, that doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like we've got to make our best offer since you're the one yeah, who clearly yeah. can't afford to re-sign him. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. If you're yeah, and if you're the Blue Jays, well, I mean, I can afford to sign him, but I better get a deal in place with him first. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that's such a, a because I, I do think the Astros are in the same boat with Correa. Although, I, I mean, who do you think that Correa somehow has more value than Lindor? I, I don't. I don't either. I think uh, that the only difference is the Astros have come out and said, "Oh no, no, we're not trading him." Right. That's that's why he might have more value. The Astros are doing a good job of maintaining his value by not saying that. Yeah, that's but, smart. But no, I think uh, and. I guess what Lindor's a year older, something like yeah, that. But I mean, but the same draft class, same, and really their careers have been very. I mean, uh, if anything, Lindor's had a little bit better career because he's been healthy. Yeah, I think he has. Uh, I, I would say he has more value. I think so too. But but if that's over the barrel, a little yeah, bit. well, they, they put, put them, themselves over the barrel. Well, but a lot of teams have because they don't have any money, and. Yeah, uh, I, I, it, it's amazing to me. Well, it's not really amazing because we've talked about this before. Some of these guys that that are owners, uh, some of the companies they own are very much affected by all this stuff, and so they may not have the money to go out. And uh, I saw a story where they were talking about pushing the season back to May. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think it, it, you should push it back as far as you need to to where you might be able to start getting fans in the seats again. And I, I think you're, you're not going to have, I mean, who knows when we're ever going to have full stadiums again. But... What what would it hurt to push it back to June? Yeah. And, you know, this says Correa has equal value to Lindor. He's, he has a ring. I, I don't, I, I think you guys are underestimating Lindor a little bit. I do too. I, I think you need to go back and, and look at what Lindor's done. And, and he's done it. He's been on the field nonstop. Uh, so, no, I don't think the ring puts Correa over the top. This isn't basketball. Yeah, like this, this is where, and we're not talking about a quarterback. We're talking about a guy who gets to bat one out of every nine times. He's only got so much control over if they get a ring or not. Lindor has been a better player so far in their careers, careers that started at the same time. Lindor's been healthier. He's been better. Yeah. Now, I you could make the argument that, and I still believe Correa has an MVP type season in him. That there's still an up arrow there, but it does need to happen at some point, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I could, I could see him having the potential to be better. But I, Lindor to me is pretty consistent. You know what you're getting. Yep, and they will aggressively listen if you call. So, yeah, I, I would, I would call so I could, I could hear what it's like to have somebody aggressively listen to me. Uh, so, not, not to spin it back to Harden, but. We we talked about this a little bit. You look up at the in in a few months, Springer's going to be gone. We've already decided that. Yeah. Also talking to the Blue Jays, by the way. Um, Harden's probably gone. JJ Watt might be gone. Correa might be gone. Yeah. That's a that's a lot of star power walking out. Because I, I still think, even though they're not saying um, anything. I think they'll be if somebody makes them an offer, they'd have to think about it because if if 
And, and obviously, conversations are probably going on about re-signing him. But if they don't think they're going to be close, then I think you think about moving Carlos. Yep. I, I'd hate to see it because I like the guy. But you know, I, I do think you also have to to be realistic and and I think the what the Astros were is not what they're going to be going forward. Doesn't mean they're not going to be successful, but they're not going to be. You know, that, that's part of the the problem with having so many star players and not being the Dodgers. You can't pay them all. Dodgers just pay guys and then go get more. Yeah, there's still money at everybody, and you can't do that. So most teams can't do that. No, I mean the, the Yankees can't do it. The, the Astros can't. The no. Indian or the soon did not be Indians can't. Hmm. I mean, you got a whole year still calling. Okay, they're still the Indians. Okay, yeah, not until 2022. Oh, okay. Change. I thought the, uh, I thought the owner it... said yesterday we're sticking through it through 2021 at least. At least. Is, he, is this going to be one of those things where they just keep pushing it back and then never really do it? It might be. I don't know if he exactly said the at least part, but at least for 2021, okay. they will be called the Cleveland Indians. Interesting. I, I just assumed they were changing it you know, right now. I think that's what everybody they thought. Keep and then he year. said, no, I want to make that. That branding money for another year, yeah. and let everybody buy every jersey they can yeah. that still yep. says Indian. And that's, then that way, the next year they'll buy all the new stuff. Yep. But you can't buy that hat with the Indian head on it anymore, and that's the real valuable. The I wonder Wahoo. how much those are going on uh, that's, eBay. That's what I want. I, I have that one in my office that has uh, from the Astros versus Indians playoff series, and it has Chief Wahoo on it. Really? Oh yeah, yeah I have a shirt like that. Yeah. Yeah my uh, my son was on the Indians at one point. It was the the worst team he ever played for they won zero games the entire season and my kid had to he had to play shortstop my kid's not a shortstop and um they had the hats with the indian head on them that's pretty cool and i i need one now i can't i'll never be able to get it now i lost my chance (laughs) did you see uh the correa lindor comparison that somebody posted on twitch no Mm mm-hmm the uh, Lindor ahead in almost every category. Yeah. Because he's there all the time. Yeah. That, that makes a pretty big difference, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Quick break. It is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. We've got a dinner and a movie giveaway just for our listeners. Here's your chance to win a $100 Uber Eats gift card and a voodoo code to watch the new movie Greenland for free in your own home. At 635, we'll take caller 5 to 713-780-3776. You win dinner and a movie, courtesy of SDX Films. How cool is that? Very cool, um, as the kids say. Yeah, so we only have two segments left here. And uh, I have a little NFL I wanted to get to. Unless Time you, flies when you're having fun, Freddie. And, of course, we have deaths at the yep. uh, end of the show coming. Uh, Yard Barker did the worst NFL coaching tenures of all time. 
Okay. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, O'Brien doesn't make it because uh, he wasn't as bad of a coach as we think. No, he's now if if we're doing the worst GM ten years of he's all the time, worst. I, I think uh, it's pretty clear he's it's him or Matt Millen. It's him. Matt, Matt Millen's in that conversation, but that's about it. There, there is no one else that you can make that comparison with. So, uh, I'll I'll give you the top ten here, or bottom ten, as it were. Uh, Hugh Jackson with the Cleveland Browns. Okay, he went three thirty six and one. Yeah, that's a fail. They they stuck with him maybe a little too long. Yeah, you know, I wonder where Gus Bradley is on this list, but because he he had a pretty bad stretch too. Uh, number nine, Art Shell's second stint in Oakland. Uh, that was bad. Uh, yes, he uh, went two and fourteen, uh, despite ranking third defensive or defensively. Um, Lehman Bennett of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's back in eighty five, eighty six. He was. They went two and twenty six. Or no, they went four and twenty eight in eighty five and eighty six under him. And uh, they drafted Bo Jackson, who uh, decided to play baseball instead. Whoops. Uh, Lou Holtz with the New York Jets. That didn't go well. No. Uh, three he was, and ten. Like, he, it's funny. He was like a young dude back then. It's funny yeah. to remember. Like, And I wasn't alive with, when this happened. But I've seen pictures of Lou Holtz. Like, I, I'm not saying this sarcastically. I feel like they're black and white photos of him. Uh, guess what? And, it's a black and white photo. Yeah. yeah. It looks crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, number six. Bill Peterson of the Houston Oilers. So, because they gave him a a lifetime contract, a ten years deal worth seventy five thousand a year. Whoa! Well, well this is going to sound uh, this is going to sound silly, and I'm guessing a lifetime contract seventy five thousand dollars a year. I'm not maybe maybe not too far. It was off. a ten year deal. I'm I'm not a, a Houston Oilers um, savant. Like when was this? What nineteen nineteen seventy two. Okay. He was successful at Florida State and Rice, and so he was basically the Lincoln Riley of the time. Okay. He was this offensive innovator. So they gave him a 10-year deal, and the, he went 1-18 in 71 and 72. They had Pastorini. They had Hall of Fame defenders Ken Houston and Elvin Bethay, uh 1-13 in back-to-back seasons. Number five, and this is a guy I always thought was the worst, Rich Kotite of the New York Jets. He was pretty bad. Yeah. He only had like two years. Uh, four and twenty-eight was his yeah, record. Yeah, not good. Um, I had forgotten about this. David Shula of the Bengals is number four. Um, he went nineteen and fifty-two from ninety-two to ninety-six, <laughs> and uh, lost the lost both time he played his dad's Dolphins. Rod Marinelli with the Lions. Eh, oh and sixteen. He had and he had a three and thirteen too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Bobby Petrino with the Falcons is number two on the list. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he basically went there and then bailed on him. And this one, it's hard to believe that only in 1990. The New England Patriots had one of the worst coaching tenures ever. Rod Rust. Rod Rust. It was. It, it wasn't a tenure. It was one year. Wasn't yeah, it, it was one year. They went. They started. Uh, they That's won funny. their second game. They were one and one, and then promptly lost their last fourteen games. Eleven of those by double digits. The minus two sixty five point differential ranks as the third worst in NFL history. 
Um, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, he returned to the assistant ranks and remained an NFL coach until 2004. All right. So that, that one would be the worst. Yeah, but I don't know. One season, like you got a record. Yeah, to me, it's like Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson at three thirty six and one. He was there long enough to coach three season. Yeah. So, like, I, it's funny because like some of the other guys that I thought of that you didn't you didn't mention, and I, I I'm Gus Bradley number seventeen on their list. By the way, I, like some of the guys that I thought of, I thought of Marty Morningwig. Marty Morningwig was uh, number twelve on the list. What was the guy's name that was the he was coaching the um he's coaching the Rams before McVeigh got there. The giant he came Steve from the Spagnolo. Giants. Yes. Bad. Damn good defensive coordinator. Yep, yep, bad head coach. Um there's there's a few guys. Cam always, Cameron of the Cam Dolphins. Cameron is a bad one. Yeah. He's uh, on the list. So there there's it's funny that there's now in my lifetime. Oh, Mike Ditka is the other one I was thinking of. Mike Dickin with the Saints was pretty bad. Yeah, he's number twenty on the list. Okay. Uh, oh, how about Ro- Romeo? This list? Romeo Cornell, number twenty-one on the list. Poor Romeo. Um, yeah, that, that, I think it's they've they've got like twenty-five on here. What about did, Dave Campo? Uh, you know what? Dave did not make it. You know who's I'm number sorry, twenty-five Dave. was? Oh no, he did twenty-four. Sorry, Dave Campo made twenty-four. Yes, just ahead of Dennis Green with the Cardinals. Our, they are who we thought they were. We let him off the hook. Uh, this is way before my time. Somebody named John North with the New Orleans Saints um, when they had Manning. And uh, they did you not. Rem- you th- don't remember when Archie was playing? No, they did not. I do remember vaguely, but they did not rank higher than 24th offensively under North, who was fired after a 1-6 and six start to the 75 campaign. He was 11-23 and 23 overall, which, Oof. yeah. So, poor Romeo. Wherefore art thou? Yeah. Art thou uh, <laughs> losing games for the Texans yes. now? So, yeah, I, I you know, just thought that might, uh, I thought that might be fun. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do GMs next week. <laughs> uh, no, that's easy. More uh, familiar it, names. It, it's it's. There's two guys. That's it. it the Rich Kotite is is. You mentioned him being the worst. I think one of the things that makes Rich Kotite really awful. The, the Jets fired Pete Carroll to, to hire Rich Kotite. Yeah. And it turns out, well, that was maybe a mistake. <laughs> well, and, and you know, Carroll was just okay. Yeah. As, in his first stint. And then, of course, he turned out to be a fantastic college coach and then came back and was a, a much better. He figured it out. Yeah, he did. And, and I think you can make the, the same argument about Belichick because. And part of figuring it out for really any coach is, do you have a quarterback? Yeah. Like, he went to USC, and he got a bunch of really good quarterbacks, Carson Palmers and Matt Leinerts, and it's like, oh, this is really easy. Well, yeah, and... and he got to Seattle, and he's got Russell Wilson. Wow, look at me. I'm brilliant. No, he didn't at first, and he still got him to a playoff. That's and, true. You know, they upset, upset the uh, Saints team that... The, the, the way, I mean, he got him to a 7-9 and nine record that year. Yeah, they won a playoff game. Won the NFC West. But, I mean, you have to admit he's done a pretty, pretty damn good job yeah. coaching that team over the years and and uh but yeah having a quarterback has made a big difference although i i think when they won the super bowl it was i don't know that russell was the reason they won that super bowl is because they had a great defense he hadn't turned into what he he's become he was pretty good but 
kind of like the Steelers when they won it in Roethlisberger's first year. It wasn't really Ben that, that did yeah. it. But Rayman says Ditka was so bad because of the Ricky Williams trade. It, you know what? That It didn't work out, but Ricky turned out to be a pretty good player yeah. later on. I mean, I know it doesn't make Saints fan happy, but you know, for a guy who didn't really care about football, he uh, he was pretty good at it. Yeah. Somebody asked who's better, Frank Reich or Mike Mike Vrabel. Um, I I like Reich long term. I do too. But I, it's I mean, you can make Vrabel's, Vrabel's already gotten to an AFC Championship game, yep. uh, and has I, I I've been real impressed with uh, 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 his offensive coordinator hires have been very good. I didn't like what he did this year where he just decided to start calling the defense himself because I saw that act here, and their defense has not been good. So. Um, you know, I'd like to see him hire a real defensive coordinator again, but I, I like, I like Frank, uh, I like Frank Reich as a head coach. I think he's the best in the division right now, but it's between him and Vrabel and my man, Doug Marone is about to be dead. He's pulling up the rear. Yeah. Well, no, he's well, not. He's ahead of Romeo. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's about even. No, they don't have anything this year. And, That's true. And. But they're playing. But like you know what? He, he's he's been to an AFC championship with Blake Bortles at quarterback, and and should have beat the Patriots. Romeo has not done that. That's true. Romeo's best win is the Patriots. That is true. If we're, if we're gonna throw this back to the college football committee, who have you beat? Yeah, they beat the Jaguars twice. He, they, he beat them head to head. Yeah, head to head's always the first uh, tiebreaker. Yeah, but who's who's had the better career? All right. Oh God! Imagine that competition. (laughs) Quick break. Got a got some deaths coming up next. And you know what? There's there's a couple pretty good ones on here. Don't go anywhere. It's the Blitz on ESPN ninety seven five ninety two five. This is the Blitz on ESPN ninety seven five. You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we are back on The Blitz. Soccer Matters coming up next. My man Glenn Davis got you covered. All things soccer. He's the best. All right, let's uh, wrap this puppy up the way we do every Wednesday with little... Dead folk. Dead folk who... These are people who passed away during the past week, but not this actual past week. You know, could have been a different year, like Otis Redding in 1967. <laughs> he uh, was sitting on the dock of the bay, and I guess he fell in. Oh, no, he died in a plane crash. Otis Which did. also fell into the bay. Uh, let's see. Ike Turner took his final punch, died of a cocaine overdose at the age of 76. Charlie Pride died this year. Complications from the Rona at 86. You don't have to call him Charlie Pride anymore. Charlie Pride is my favorite black country music singer. Mine too. Aaron? Yeah. Are you Uh, sure? Yeah. Are you a Hootie guy? I mean, I like 
I'm more like Hootie as Hootie. But you don't like him as Darius? I don't mind him as Darius. Okay. But I, I like Charlie Pride more than Darius. Yeah, I, I do too. Now, who's your third favorite black country music singer? Luke Combs. Fred? I don't I don't know country well. I think enough. he's half. That's mine's the, only, the, uh, that's mine's the, the big cowboy that used to do the college cowboy football. Cowboy Troy? Show. Cowboy Troy, yeah. That's mine. Does he count? I mean, yeah. Okay. Fred, you're so uncultured. I'm sorry. I, mean, I, I don't, can't believe you can't name three black country music singers. I, I, those, I, I, I mean, I, honestly, I couldn't have named. I didn't realize Hootie was doing country now. <laughs> no, Charlie Brides. He did for like five years and then went back to being Hootie. Oh, and well, the then. Uh, but, oh, I want to be right there. Oh, no, then, hey, how you? <laughs> okay, this, this is like a call back to the Cleveland Indians thing because that sounded like a couple of native chants. Um, 2006, Lamar Hunt. Dead at 74. I only bring him up because thanks to his club cup, I accidentally said the C word on air. I do remember that. <laughs> uh, Roger Maris dies of cancer at 51. Died here in Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Did he really? Yeah. A lot of these guys do. Um, oh, yeah, because you're yeah. here for treatment. Um, December 15th, 1890, Sitting Bull, who uh, helped lead his people in the victory at the Little Bighorn, whacking that Custer fella. Got him. Uh, he was killed by U.S. police. He was 58 <laughs> or 59. So, um, 1896, Alfred Nobel, dead at 63. Peacefully. Uh, he invented dynamite, though, and founded the Nobel Prize. I guess he was blowing up. Uh, let's move on. Oh, we got some... We got a, uh, a couple of good criminals here. Anthony Tony Pro Provenzano, uh, capo regime of the Genovese crime family faction in New Jersey. Genovese. Dies of a heart attack at 71. Is he a great big fat person? Um, yeah, I think he was. I think so, too. Uh, 1988. And you know what? 71 for a fat mobster? Not bad. That's a good run, man. Uh, Stanley Tukey Williams, co-founder of the Crips was executed in California in 2005. We have a goose that lived to 49 years and eight months. Let's move on to the best deaths. This goose was cooked. Uh, His name was George. Uh, And also Kiko the killer whale from Free Willy. Oh, he's dead? Uh, Yeah. We fought so hard for his freedom and then he died? Yeah, 2003. Probably eaten by other fish would be my guess. All right, here's your best deaths. Um, Whales aren't fish, idiot. He was killed by fish. He was killed by sharks. How's you that? You said other fish. I'm All right, whatever. He's not whatever. Fish. Like, have some respect. I'm not going to respect the damn whale. Uh, he's dead. Well, you know what? I hope he's a purse somewhere. All right, let's. Uh, All right, I'm kidding, Peta. Here's your best deaths. 2005. Probably one of my one or two favorite comedians of all time, Richard Pryor. My favorite. Uh, dead at 65. It's it's either him or um, Sam Kennison. Dave me. Chappelle is rapidly climbing my list, though. I, I love watching him perform. I love it. But, yeah, prior Sam Kennison, it just, I, I love both those guys. Uh, 2016, Alan Thicke. Dead I don't at like 69. being shouted at. Huh? I don't like being shouted at. That's why I went to on Kennison. Uh, yeah, I just. It's funny stuff, but I, it's too loud. Yeah, it, it's. A lot of stuff you saw on TV, he he did that a lot because you know it was kind of condensed. 
His live show was pretty damn good for that, though. Like Sam Kinison, I feel like spawned Dane Cook. Well, but don't blame him like for he that. Just makes really loud noises. And... Yeah, but blame Dane for that, not not Sam. Okay. Um, Al Alunthic, 2016. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's do life life insurance commercial. No, he was he was doing the, the uh, refund or the, uh, the tax. Yeah. Uh, the t- They'll sort out your actually. Yeah. Is the IRS and out to get you? A year ago today, I had to dump you because you started yep. doing it. Didn't realize they were a sponsor of the show. That's that's, uh, that's why I was station. already moving on. Aaron. Are they still a sponsor? Yes. yes. Okay. That's why I, I love Alan Thicke. I love Optima Tax Relief. Optima Tax Relief. Do 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 do. Fourteen seventy six. Vlad the Impaler killed in battle at forty five. Impaled, I'm sure. Um, although I think that referred to his sex life. I don't know. Uh, 1799. What's it to you if it did? Hey, you can, you can impale whatever you want. That's, Don't judge him. That's your God-given right. Uh, 1799, George Washington, dead at 66. First president of the United States. A cert, certain top two president, probably number one president in the He's presidential there, rankings. Although I, once, I've got to re-rank all the presidents. But um, 1966, Walt Disney, American animator, producer, and apparently racist. What? Yeah. Dead of lung cancer at 65. Uh, 1980, Colonel Harlan Sanders, American founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken, dead at the age of 90. No, Colonel Sanders, you're wrong. Mama's <laughs> right. <laughs> Medulla oblongata. Gata. All right, here's your porn stars. 2005, Jasmine Gray, 21 years old, died from murder. Car accident. Although technically the car murdered her. Yes. Yeah, well, somebody did. Uh, somebody was, I mean, it was her fault. I think she was driving well over 100 miles an hour according to the autopsy. Uh, Damn. Okay. I, can't. I was trying to. I was trying to stretch that to a point. Good uh, try. 2008. Betty Page, considered queen of the pinups and the dark angel, 85 years old. Yeah. She was she a. Uh, is she considered a porno chick? Uh, well, he's, she's on the list, but I think she was just uh, like a naked model, right? I, yeah. Um, so that's porno. I, I, it's porno for old people. Heart attack? Uh, just says, I, I'm going to go with a point because it doesn't say. She's 85. What would you expect? Okay, so often I I guess on these things, but I feel like I know that Betty Page died of a heart attack. Okay, well, I'm going to give you the I'm giving you the just, point. Just regardless. give me the point. Uh, 2011, Savannah Gold, 27 years old. Uh, suicide, right? Brain aneurysm due to drinking. Damn it. She was a. She you can was get a, a brain aneurysm from drinking. She was a very, very famous porno chick. She was yep. like the what? So for my generation, I was born in 1980. She's the first porno girl whose name that I knew. I think mine was Linda Lovelace. And then the next big star after Savannah was Savannah. Jenna, Jenna Jameson. Jameson. Yeah, and Chasey Lane was around that time too. She was very famous. All right, uh, 2017, Yorazan Beltran, 31 years old. Uh, Carlos's. Sister? Yorazan? Yorazan Beltran. 31? Yeah. Murdered by a pimp. Drug overdose. Damn it. 2010, Barbara Mills, 59. Ooh. Uh, massive stroke. Cause of death unknown. I'm going to give you that one. And finally, 2010, Joey Valentine, 28 years old. Cocaine overdose. Uh, committed suicide. With cocaine? Uh, I'll give it to you. I think it. It could be Joey Valentini. Oh. You never know. Although, Teeny is probably not a name you want if you're a guy in porn. It's a girl. Oh, it's a girl? Okay. 
I've only included women. And you probably don't want Teeny in there either. Yeah, we don't. What do we do? Talk about dudes dying? Gross. All right, let's just get the hell out of here. Uh, good job, Aaron. Good job, AJ. Uh, great job coming up from uh, Glenn Davis. I can say that with certainty because he always does a great job. Hey, Fred. Yeah. Kiss an angel. Good morning. Can we start signing off that way? I don't really know any angels. Just, just good morning. <laughs> All right. Till tomorrow, stay sportsy, bitches. In this song that I always sing, you've got to kiss an angel good morning and let her know you think about her when you're gone. ESPN 97.5. College football, it's the game you wake up early on.